We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. And this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool. Only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. It'll get you a free DraftKings contest entry today. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, the year 2016. Nick Whalen joined, as I always am, on Tuesday afternoon by Rotowire's own DJ Trainer. 
Um, no more all-star stuff to talk about, which, as you know, I'm very disappointed about. I could still do probably another four to 15 podcasts uh, on the dunk contest and on the all-star weekend itself. But we've moved on from that. Basketball is officially back uh, almost a full week now uh, where we haven't been deprived of games and plenty of action Monday night that will break down. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Cleveland OKC stomping on Saturday. Um, of course, Cleveland kind of got stomped in their own right uh, by Detroit on Monday night. Uh, what were you able to watch last night? I know, and I think you were working in the office a little bit later than I was. Yeah, I was in here till midnight Central Time, so little, I was able bit to later. catch it. Yeah, just a little bit later. Just a solid, what, seven hours probably? Uh, you know, give or take. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse. So if there's not much going on, I'm able to watch like four games at one time on all our TVs in here. Last night was maybe the busiest night in terms of breaking news for sports around all sports. Hockey, MLB, NBA was popping. So unfortunately, I did have the games on in the background. Didn't catch as much as I wanted to, but I watched you know the, the compact games earlier today. You didn't get to watch the Clippers' Suns? Yeah, did I want to? Ugh. Actually, that's the one game I did watch, uh, oh, unfortunately, because it was the latest one on. Right, exactly. That was one I did not watch any of at all. I was, I'd finished out Bucks-Lakers, um, watch a little bit of Pistons Cavs and then by, by the time Bucks Lakers was over it, Suns Clippers I think was in like the second or maybe early third quarter and you know, I just scrolled through Twitter and basically I, I follow a couple of Clippers people a couple of Suns people and it was it just sounded like you shouldn't be watching this game there was a lot of please end this and like screenshots of the Clippers win probability being at a hundred percent at the end of the third quarter um, but yeah I mean the Clippers put a beat down on the Suns I think I think we get Suns Nets later this week if i'm not mistaken yeah that's on that's on thursday night look at phoenix's starting five i mean it is atrocious you like that devin booker is starting and getting minutes but in reality i mean this this was a kid who wasn't even going to make the rising stars competition uh what like four weeks ago he was a minus 34 last night uh five points two of ten shooting probably i mean if you want to put it numbers wise maybe the worst player on the floor for phoenix he's kind of been in a slump actually uh since since that nice showing at all-star weekend in the three-point contest but yeah things have things have gone south pretty quickly for phoenix um i think they i think they're firmly in number one pick territory at this point um i mean there's no sign of getting eric bledsoe back that's for sure brandon knight said he does want to get back could be as soon as the next couple weeks obviously that would be a big boost for them but I i don't know if adding brandon knight to this team you know, drastically uh, brings them back to maybe where they were a couple months ago. I don't think, I, I think they probably stay pretty constant. Maybe they don't lose by 40 to teams like the Clippers, but they probably still lose by 30. Right. And, you know, everybody chastises PJ Tucker for being in the starting lineup. This is nothing new. He's been in the starting lineup for the last couple of years. But if you're looking at it, you're like, uh, he's kind of their most reliable option or their oh, most yeah. experienced option by far. When you, acquire Chris Humphreys he's essentially just a throw-in player in a deal and he's your starting power forward I mean that should tell you what they're dealing with personnel and the sad thing is yeah it would be nice to have Brandon Knight back it wouldn't do much Um, I mean Tyson Chandler's not starting but even if he's playing you're not saying that this team is way better than they are right now no Chandler sat this one out he has that bruised shoulder um, second missed game for him and like you said Knight still dealing with the injury as well I I was a little surprised they they didn't start John Luer. This is a guy who's had a couple big games for them back when they were still a respectable team. Um, and, and like you said, Humphreys comes in, a guy who's been banged up all season, really been banged up the last couple of years, and immediately goes right into the starting lineup. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, the the Len Humphreys-Tucker 
Booker Price starting five. I mean, that rivals the Sixers, honestly, as far as what we've seen in terms of general sadness. I think I think that's probably the saddest starting five in the NBA right now. No, I completely agree. It with might you. not even be close. Yeah, and it's like you look at the starting five, and you're like, wow, Watson really mixed it up tonight. And then you look at the bench, and you're like, well, that's kind of his best five right now, I suppose. I mean, I think you would argue would put Toledovich or Lure in place of Humphreys probably yeah, most of the time. But it, it's, it's still just a stat. It doesn't matter. It's a sad, sad five. It is. It is. And I think they're counting down the days, 25 more games on the schedule for Phoenix before this, this nightmare of a season is over. But um, it's, it's not going to get any better next year. If you have Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight, do you still feel like you're going to be as good as a team like Portland or like Toronto where they're completely fueled by two guards? I mean, Knight is really good and, and, um, and Bledsoe is good too, but I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't hold them as high regard as those other two combos I just mentioned. I don't know. I don't think that they see themselves as as a contender. Obviously, next season. But I mean, this is a team that you know, right before Christmas was was twelve and sixteen, which you know isn't great. But I think that that's right around where teams like Portland and Utah, you know, were at that time, and things went in the tank very quickly. I mean, they they lost I think eight in a row, nine in a row. Right after that, went on another seven game skid. So I mean, things have. The record almost kind of you have to look at it in two sections. You know, I mean, they've won two games since December eighteenth. Um, I mean, they're 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 a terrible, terrible team right now. But they weren't this bad before. And I think, you know, Tyson Chandler may be more of a name than a than a commodity at, at this point in his career. But his contract would argue otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you but you think next year, you know, you have you have Toledovich, who's been somewhat productive. I hate that I'm talking about him as a, as a key piece for them, but he's he's a good player. You have Tyson Chandler. You get those two guards back, and you know, if things work out, you have Ben Simmons, or you have Brandon Ingram, or you have you know Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray, whoever it is, um, you know, added to that mix. So I think they kind of had to hit the reset button maybe a little bit earlier uh than they wanted to this season i don't think they wanted to hit it at all to be honest um but the the silver lining in all this is you have a pretty good chance to add another young piece to this core that they're also without tj warren too a guy who's played pretty well for them and one, one of their key young pieces uh who's out at shoulder injury for him is that right i believe so okay um so yeah i mean it's they're in the tank firmly um but I also think that once once they get some of their guys back next year, this this isn't just going to be a continuation of, of what we've seen over the last couple months. I wanted to talk Cleveland. Uh, like we said, they beat – or go ahead. Yeah, foot injury for T.J. Warren foot after injury. the season. So we were close. I mean, the shoulder is connected to the foot by not – no, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I think the, the foot is the, the shoulder equivalent of the lower body in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Fractured right foot. That'll do it. Is what it is. We talked way too much about the Suns, but two years ago, they—I mean—they were—they finished above five hundred and were the nine seed in the West. And we were talking about this team is going to challenge, yep. going to challenge. Completely did not happen whatsoever. Hornacek was on the rise, and man, did they! I mean, they crashed before things even got going. But I definitely want to talk yeah. about the better teams in the NBA moving forward. Yes, and one of those teams is Cleveland. Um, they blow out Oklahoma City on Saturday. Kyrie leaves that game early. Uh, turns out it was a bed bug related. Uh, illness which is just disgusting and that's something I hope I never have to deal with um, but he, he was back on Monday and this was I thought on Saturday I was able to watch that uh, or Sunday I should say able to watch that whole game uh, of Cleveland versus Oklahoma City and I thought that was the best game that I had seen Cleveland play for sure this season and maybe of maybe that I had seen personally of the Kevin Love era the way that they were able to work and and you know you can make the argument that maybe without Kyrie in there Love was able to to be a little bit more of a force offensively but I I thought Kyrie you know he he played most of that first quarter and Love was 
from the get-go was engaged was was the focal point of that offense um and it was something that you know we've heard from LeBron we've heard from Lou we heard from David Blatt when he was still the coach that they want to center things around love they want him to be the focal point that hadn't really been the case uh it was just kind of a lot of it seemed to me public kind of stroking of Kevin Love's ego or you know trying to making people think that he was going to be a bigger part of the offense than he actually was but that that's what he was on Sunday I mean it was mid-range LeBron after Kyrie went out was playing a lot of point he picked up his dribble two three feet above the the three-point line basically just waited for Kevin Love to get position on whoever was guarding him it happened to be Deion Waiters for whatever reason a lot I don't know how they were getting that switch Uh, but Love was getting at the elbow he's getting at the free throw line getting it inside Um, that just nothing none of that happened on Monday uh, against Detroit um, I don't know. Were you able to catch any of this one in the office? Yeah, I did watch a little bit of it. I mean, I think what you have is motivation factor here, and that that comes into play quite a bit in the NBA. It's like, are you ready to play this game? Are you up for playing this game? Obviously, Cleveland is going to be way more hyped to play OKC on a nationally televised game uh, than just you know like a a regional game. And these guys know when it's national, when it's not national. I mean, that, it's a big deal. Sometimes after the game, if they get interviewed, they say, you know, it was a big national national TV audience, all this stuff. And so don't think for a second that they don't play a little bit harder when it's a national televised game. I think that, you know, we saw the Warriors lose the other night um, as well. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's just hard to win every single game. You're not going to do it. And Detroit is a very solidly constructed team. You can say that Cleveland's coming off the hangover of beating OKC and getting a really big win. Uh, I think that Cleveland just really matches up well with Oklahoma City because you have to put Durant on LeBron. And then what that means is, um, you know, you have Ibaka or Deion Waiters trying to cover Kevin, cover Kevin Love, and, and you don't like that matchup whatsoever. Ibaka is a better rim protector than he is guarding somebody out at the elbow. And kind of finally we're seeing Kevin Love and uh, what he can add to this team coming to fruition. Obviously it didn't show so much last night, Monday that is, against Detroit. But in the long run, I, I think – that win over OKC shows more what Cleveland's about than Oklahoma City. Um, if I have to, you know, condemn OKC for anything, it's for leaving Deion Waiters on the court as much as they did. I mean, there you was, got Randy Foy. Isn't that the point of getting Randy Foy? I don't know why it's so hard for them to find a shooting guard. I mean, I, it turns out that Tabo Cephalosha is like going to be the best shooting guard in. Who? How many guys have they tried? Yeah, Derek Fisher was the guy. Right, what two, three years ago? Yeah, uh, Coran Butler was there. Yeah, Roberson, Morrow tried out. Morrow. I don't if know. If only they had a, a young, talented shooting guard Stop that it. they that could have filled that role long term. Stop if it. Only cut it out. Jeremy but, Lamb. Well, see, here's the. Well, you're right. You're actually right. Barry dude. Jones. <laughs> Come on. That's like eight guys. That's crazy. No, That's within the last what four years. Well, here's here's the thing about this. What I hate about how they're implementing. Uh, Dion Waiters is if you haven't been comfortable with any shooting guard, then why is you know Dion Waiters touching the ball three straight possessions against Cleveland when you're down by six points? It makes no sense. You have so much to work with, and so one thing that's really come along this year in particular is the pick and roll options with Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams. They ran that play three straight times, three straight buckets with Adam. The fourth time down the court, they did it, and they and Russell faked it to Adams, and it went in for an easy layup. They didn't even use 
KD for four straight possessions. Then you go back to him. You don't go to waiters and mix in waiters into this combo. You have so many things that you can do just with your two big players. It makes no sense for me why waiters is on the court as much as he is and why they're letting him even touch the ball. Just go sit in the corner. If somebody drives, you have an open three in the corner. That's what the shooting guard position should be for Oklahoma City. That's what it had been in the past when you had Tabo Cephalosha starting. Yeah, it it was funny because waiters... This is the kind of treatment, I mean, he, he got killed, of course, nationally on Twitter or whatever else for, for this performance, and it had been a while since this has happened to him. You know, this was like Cleveland Waiters, this was happening all the time, and then there were a couple times here and there last season after the trade where, where, he, would, where he would find himself in the spotlight, but I remember thinking, you know, Sunday afternoon, like, this is really the first time all year that he's been just absolutely burned at the stake nationally, and uh, it didn't pick the greatest time to have probably his worst game of the year I think what is he one of 15 shooting over the last now two after games. over the last two games um did you hear the best part was me and my friends just started laughing hysterically I was like in the third quarter maybe uh he touched the ball he'll be he had it at the top of the key Hubie Brown just immediately as soon as he gets the ball no confidence here no confidence <laughs> uh yeah I think that was pretty clear I that that fast break travel I think was kind of the final straw yes. for him where you could just tell like, the, the crowd was in his head Cleveland was in his head his own play was in his head I mean that's an easy conversion for almost any player in the NBA but you're just thinking too much about it um, but uh, yeah you kind of answered this already I wanted to ask you what this win uh, who does it mean more for does it mean more about OKC I mean, their second straight loss coming out of the all-star break after losing to Indiana earlier in the week or did it tell you more about Cleveland you know ha- giving arguably their best effort of the year against a team that some people think is maybe the the closest rival to the Warriors in the West. Yeah, most definitely. And you know I've been high on Cleveland all year long. I've said on this podcast I've got 50 bucks on the line with James. I have I think Cleveland poses the best odds to reach the finals. Therefore, if I'm going to put money on it, I'm going to put money on Cavaliers because I'm just going to play the odds. And so um, I think Cleveland is being severely undervalued. Uh, probably the best point, and we've we've really labored on this topic in, over the last couple of months, but I think the best topic to rehash if we want to is that this specific Cleveland team right now could have challenged for uh, nine of the last 10 titles, excluding last year. And so I don't see any reason why they can't do the same again this year. And so I know Warriors are amazing and they're so good, but I mean, Cleveland beat them two out of out of what, how many games they play six games right and they've only lost five times this year so think of it like that yeah i mean it's without I, Kyrie, without kevin love too right and that's kind of why i thought the the trade kevin love you know possibly look into trading irving talk was, was kind of ridiculous because you haven't even you played one game against golden state uh well i guess two games now against golden state with those uh you know with those two guys um it, it it just never really made a whole lot of sense to me that you wouldn't at least you know make a run at them you know see what you got with your with your core here that got you to to forty and fifteen through fifty five games this year um, I, I think it's just I think the Warriors have just set such an unrealistic standard that it's easy for Cleveland to say we're we're ten games behind this pace that that this Warriors team is setting already maybe we need to make a change we should be you know we should have five or six losses right now and when you have LeBron James and you have Kevin Love and you have Kyrie Irving on your team and you have such a deep you know, depth of talent around them. That's not unfathomable, but I think it just speaks to how unbelievably good Golden State has been that it can cause a team that went into the trade deadline with what fourteen losses to panic, like like Cleveland seemed to be kind of doing. Let's not let's not make any mistakes here. They're the best, one of the best regular season teams of all time. You know who we said this about too last year? 
the Atlanta Hawks. And so it's a completely different game in the playoffs. I mean, let's just bring it up. If we're going to bring it up, let's talk about how the Warriors had an easy path to the finals. And then when they got to the finals, they played a team without their second and third best players. So let's not jump to conclusions here by any means. Sure, the Warriors did win the championship last year, but have they proven that they can win in playoff basketball? Uh, Of course, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're so good right now. But let's not act like they're, you know, like a championship um, powerhouse. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. last year was probably the easiest path to the finals that anybody had really seen over the last 10 years. I, I don't know. I think I think they deserve this treatment. I think the way that they've played this regular season, you know, had they stumbled out of the gate or, you know, even, you know, say they were on pace for 60, 65 wins, you know, then 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 maybe you would say, you know, not last season certainly wasn't a fluke. I mean, Golden State was, was dominant throughout last season. Um, but I think the way that they came out, I mean, it was it was evident from game one, honestly, that this team, you know, was destined to to kind of pick up basically where they left off last year. So I don't want to take anything away from Golden State. Certainly, um, I just think it was it was interesting that that these other teams that are that in normal years would be on fairly historic paces in their own right, uh, they look at Golden State and, and still see such a gap. Um, so Detroit. Beats Cleveland last night. That snaps a five-game losing streak for Detroit. LeBron, terrible, terrible in that game. Kevin Love, Kyrie both played well, but uh, LeBron, six turnovers, five of 18 shooting, just general lackadaisical play. Had an eight-second violation walking the ball up the court, which is the most LeBron (laughs) thing ever, just being so casual and... Uh, those plays just like that that's, that's one play that's just completely inexcusable I don't know how you can let that happen um, but that snapped a five-game losing streak for Detroit they get their first win in the Tobias Harris era the headband Tobias Harris era um, looking at Detroit I mean, is this a team that you would feel comfortable if someone said in or out right now you had 100 bucks on the line in or out of the playoffs what would you say in most definitely and I would have said in before they traded for Tobias Harris. I still thought this was a team that was pretty solid and it was going to withstand um, you know, some teams falling out. With this team now having Tobias Harris, it's a shame that the Donatus Matajunas is not going to join them, that um, Marcus Thornton is not going to join them because they really do need depth off the bench. Uh, Jody Meeks isn't cutting it for me, or when he comes back, it's, it, he's not going to cut it for me. Anthony Tolliver, Steve Blake. Uh, Stanley Johnson is your best option off the bench and he's a rookie and Stan Van Gundy doesn't really feel comfortable playing him a lot of minutes even though he's had to this year so uh, regardless I still like the Pistons to move up I think for sure that they're going to be a solid team if they got up to the fifth seed I mean the last time I looked at the standings which was a couple of days ago uh, I think seven games divided three to the nine seed in the east is that right so Detroit right now would be the nine. They're two games out of the eight. Um, Chicago and Charlotte, I guess, tied for seven and eight right now. So they're two games out of seventh, um, two and a half out of fifth place. So basically, yeah. I mean, outside of Cleveland and Toronto, I think there's room for movement, especially with Bosch up in the air right now, Wade being a little bit banged up as always. Um, I mean, Detroit, any of these teams, really. I mean, Miami could fall as far as nine. So could Boston. So could Indiana. So could Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago. There's... This is the same situation that it's been really for the last couple of months where it's a, you kind of have to reevaluate at the end of each week and, and see where you're at in, in these standings. Because if you lose two in a row and another team wins two in a row, you can go from third to, you know, to six like Atlanta just, just saw happen. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Heat and the, the Wizards are or not the Wizards, the Magics are only, only have a difference of six losses. And then we're talking about the three versus the 11 seed. So a lot can happen. Obviously, you think that the Pacers have to, or the, the Heat have to taper off. 
But I guess if I'm looking at it, I think the Hornets are doing well. I think the Hawks are going to be right there, and the Pacers are, and the Celtics are too. So I guess I'm looking at the Bulls and the Heat to be the two top teams to fall out to allow the Pistons to ultimately ultimately move up. We'll see if that Markeith Morris deal can get the Wizards moving and get in playoff contention. I just don't. That I might just be don't. the saddest sentence. Yeah, <laughs> just, Beast, like, just in general. Get them moving. Uh, you know, you, you lose Chris Humphreys and you gain so much. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so going back to the weekend, Golden State loses big at Portland on Friday. Damian Lillard goes off. Uh, they win that one by 30-plus. Golden State turns around, beats the Clippers. That one ended up – the score was much, much closer than that game was. Uh, the, the little bit of a frenzy at the end that the Clippers almost able to tie the game uh, at the buzzer. And then Golden State turns around and blows out the Hawks last night. They appear to be back on track. But I want to ask you about Portland um, – First of all, how much stock do you put in that win over Golden State, which Clay Thompson may have alluded to being a bit of a fluke? Uh, but Portland's nine and one in their last ten. They've won something like fourteen of their last seventeen. They're up to seventh in the West, half game back of Dallas for sixth place. Are are they kind of a for you a Detroit of the East in some ways, where where you kind of like what they the, the direction that they're trending over these last twenty five games? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've always said that Portland is the Detroit of the West. So. <laughs> I think people in Portland would. Punch you in the face if you told him. <laughs> I, th- I think a few different people would probably do that. Uh, I've been on the record from the get-go at the start of the season thinking that the Trailblazers were going to be terrible this year. Again, we didn't know McCollum was going to come along as much as he had. And Dame Lillard, I mean, is the reason for their success. He's the reason why they beat the Warriors. When that game was close, he went down there, essentially shot the ball six straight times. I think he made it five or six times or something. Just absolutely insane so I'm going to put that win directly on Damian Lillard and not so much the trailblazers on on the whole if that makes sense and I think the box score would would suggest that as well considering how deep he was just jacking up shots I mean it's just an indefensible shot you're not going Mm -hmm. to start guarding a guy as soon as he gets across half court you're going to wear yourself out so the Warriors are bound to lose some games it's going to happen even if they beat the record they're going to lose games like this I don't know I'm sure what the fluke thing was I never saw that so if you want to talk about that Uh, yeah go go ahead Well, okay, yeah, I want you to talk about that real quick. But what I also want to bring up is a while back we talked about, I think it was Kyrie, Damian Lillard, and there was another option in terms of if you were starting your franchise now, which player would you want? And I think I rated – yeah, it might have been Wall. And I think I said Lillard won, but I said Irving last. And you you thought that was a little bit crazy, but – I don't know. I think think Damian Lillard has showed me quite a bit, shown a lot of people – quite a bit this season that he is capable of carrying a team I don't know if you switch out him and Kyrie Irving you wipe out injuries I don't, I don't know if you if you switch those two I don't know if Portland's in the position that they are right now maybe I mean maybe they are I don't know who knows we, we we haven't done this but I think I think Lillard is maybe proving to be a better all-around player uh than people gave him credit for toward the end of last season I wouldn't say on defense necessarily but on offense I mean you could say the same thing about Kyrie right yeah, yeah no essentially so my biggest argument in saying that I would rather have Damian Lillard over Kyrie Irving over John Wall is that he stays healthy where Kyrie doesn't and so mm-hmm. while Kyrie gets straight buckets he's not on the court to help the team win if you take bed bugs he's getting bed bugs Damian Lillard like, doesn't get bed bugs right exactly right he knows where to stay he knows the hotels that don't have dead bugs or bed bugs same thing uh same exact thing uh my yeah my whole reasoning was behind you have to factor in health consideration that right now irving is afforded the luxury of having two players that can perform admirably in his absence i mean let's just think back to the days when he was younger but still very good on alone 
And he played 51 games, 59 games. It just doesn't work. You can't do that. No, that's true. At some point, it has to be more, you know, it's it's more than a fluke injury. You know, I think that's kind of what people have pointed to with Kyrie is they, there's been such a variety of injuries, you know, that, that they are somewhat fluky. But, you know, it's not like he keeps, it's not like a Brad Beal situation, you know, where, or Drew Holiday, where it's just a regressive, you know, over and over again, same area. Like Kyrie steps on a teammate's foot and, you know, fractures his kneecap somehow doing that. Like, that doesn't happen to everybody, though. You know, some guys are just a little bit more brittle, and, and that's just kind of how it works. But speaking of flukes, to, to follow up on what you alluded to earlier, Thompson, I think, I think the, the Blazers and the, and the media maybe ran with this quote a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more than, than what Thompson was intending. But after they beat the Clippers, um, you know, he was asking something about, or he was asked something about the loss on Friday, you know, the blowout, blow, blowout loss. He said, quote, anytime you give up 137 points, it's a bad feeling, especially when we let the best player go for 50. We had to do something about it tonight. I was proud of the way we responded. We were out to prove a point that last night, meaning the Blazers game, was a fluke. So, you know, it, he didn't go out and say, you know, Lillard going for 51 was a fluke. He just, they wanted to prove that last night getting blown out by 30 plus was a fluke. I mean, how do, how do you take that comment? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the first one to say I want players to speak their minds. So earlier in the year, I loved when Jimmy Butler came out and said, you know, like, we stink. Coaches stink. Everything stinks right now. Like, that's awesome. But the, the issue with him saying that is that we got to listen to the media talk about him talking about his own team for a full week before. And the only time it's going to shut up is when they go out there and get a good win. And then, you know, it's, it's over. But And so I love people talking like that. I mean, if anything else, just Clay Thompson needs to add, you know, something to his own verbiage and know that fluke is such a trigger word that it's going to trigger these things. But I mean, we should stop chastising people for their their correct verbiage or whatever because it's you know we we take it too far. Um, there's there's such a double standard really exactly. that you it's a major double you standard. criticize guys when they give when they give stock answers, but then when they don't give stock answers, you criticize them for being too brash. There's really no way you can win in this in this situation if if you're Clay Thompson or any player that that's found themselves in this. Um, another big point from last night, maybe arguably the biggest in my mind, Giannis Antetokounmpo puts up a triple double on Steve Novak slash Kobe Bryant night <laughs> in Milwaukee. There were Kobe chants, there were Novak chants in the fourth quarter. It was a very strange environment. Novak, you know, tweeted that he was very emotional after the game and what an experience, a moment best, of his life. Best moment of his life, I think like, he said. Jeez, dude, like, he played moments. he played in the postseason in, in the Eastern semifinals with a really good Knicks team. Like, how is this the best moment of your life? And he you went to the Final Four. He went to the Final Four with Dwayne Wade, and you were the second best player yeah. on that team. Um, yeah, but Novak, I mean, huge impact in Game 1. <laughs> 0 for 1 from the field. That was a 3. Uh, committed a foul in, in just about one minute of play, which is more than Chris Copeland had played in the last, I don't know, two months. Um, so pretty minor addition, obviously, in Steve Novak. But the big story, Antetokounmpo, 27 points, 12, uh, 12 rebounds. I don't know how to pronounce 12. 10 assists, 4 blocks, all 4 of which were pretty emphatic blocks. Uh, 3 steals, uh, 0 of 1 from 3, 3 of 6 from the line, 12 of 17 shooting. The only caveat here is that he played pretty much the entire fourth quarter. He might have played the entire fourth quarter. I was, I was driving for a little bit of it, but I, I came home and listened to the Lakers broadcast on League Pass uh, just for kicks, and their their commentators were not thrilled, uh, to, to put it frankly, that Jason Kidd had left Antetokounmpo in the game for what was close to a 30-point. I think that they began the, the fourth quarter with a 28-point lead, which 
comically evaporated because in some ways it was kind of obvious that Giannis was playing for the triple double, oh, which I, I hated. It was not. It was incredibly obvious. At the end, he was bringing the ball up and dishing well, off, and Carter Williams was shooting it as quick as possible. Yeah, there was and one at they the end. Where, the bench and yep. Giannis didn't come out. Yeah, it was. It was kind it of was embarrassing, blatant. honestly. Yeah, yes, it, it was. And he wasn't. It's not like he entered the fourth quarter with twenty four and nine and nine. He still needed like three assists or three or two or three rebounds. It, he needed two assists with four and a half minutes left. He got one pretty quick, but then they were like yeah. working it over. I mean, you look at the fourth quarter. L A outscored them thirty six to eighteen, yeah. and there's no doubt in my mind. Part of that difference is because yes. they were trying to get Giannis that last assist. Yeah, it was obvious. Like you said, there was a play. Antetokounmpo brought the ball up. Carter Williams came off a screen and immediately launched just inside the three-point, like the worst shot for him that he could possibly take. It was just and a blatant the, attempt yeah, to get Yeah, there was a minute and a half left. You were up by 10 points. You're trying to milk the clock. Like, it was blatantly obvious. They were ready to throw that game to get him the triple-double. Yeah, it was very odd. I mean, and New York, or L.A. got it within, uh, you know, within 13 points, which, you know, fairly quickly. We threw a bunch of Nick Young threes, a couple that went in and out, and th- things got pretty dicey for a, for a few seconds um, for Jason Kidd. I think he would he would have had some questions to answer. I had that had that deficit dipped under ten, but uh, you know, thankfully the Bucks were able to pull that one out. But big for, story for Bucks fans, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the first the first triple double of Antetokounmpo's career. He had had one in the past, but it ended up being rescinded. Right. Two two of the of his ten assists in that game were rescinded. So I don't know what the scorekeeper uh, what wasn't on his toes. I guess that game or was uh intentionally giving him extra assist i'm not really sure um but i mean that was a big story from this one kobe pretty quiet three of 12 shooting did go eight of nine at the line for 15 points jabari parker 15 points nine rebounds four assists he's played better of late uh, i think he's averaging right around 20 20 and 10 2011 maybe in these last three games since the all-star break he's looked a little better um but part of that it's so inflated because of that game that two overtime game on Saturday he played 51 minutes so you look at that line you say you know Parker went for 28 and 13 if you prorate half of his games this season he would have 28 and 13 if he's playing 51 minutes stand strong my friend we're on the Jabari Parker hater bandwagon we're not going to jump off you can have a couple good games like we were the first ones on this bandwagon we're going to ride it into the sunset until his career is done and over my friend we, I we mean, I'm, not, I'm not a Jabari hater by any means I, I just think we've turned into Jabari haters because everybody just combats us so much about him not being uh living up to the potential of a se- oh, second if over, you're encouraged by the fact that he's still a terrible mid-range shooter doesn't take threes and can finish around the rim like that's great i just think a lot of players could put up 28 and 13 if they're playing 51 minutes and taking 20 plus shots yeah most definitely and we shouldn't spend too much time on it because there's lots of other fun things to talk about but i tell you what the bucks have a long track record of not being able to develop young talent uh accordingly tobias harris brandon jennings pick who you want hey man those guys those guys were developed all right they they just ended up being shipped out a little early Okay. Yeah. Joe Alexander. Yeah. Bogut. Yeah. Whatever you want to say is I'm just saying that these picks have not really panned out to their full potential. I think it would behoove Jabari Parker to go anywhere else. Uh, Maybe, you know, just to a team that says, oh, you want to shoot the three? Oh, yeah, you're allowed to shoot the three. That sounds good to us, too. I uh, don't think that he's even allowed to shoot three on the Bucks. Uh What's the counter? What is he at? Eight attempted threes all year long with Milwaukee, which is amazing considering he was shooting the three under Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Uh, that's That's kind of been an issue, certainly, for me, that he hasn't – I mean, he took more three-pointers last season when he only played 25 games. He's, a, he's you know – 
doubled his total from this year. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe down the stretch, you know, I was talking with a friend last night about this. Maybe down the stretch, they they open things up a little bit more. I, I It sounds kind of crazy, but I would like, I would almost like there to be a minimum three-point attempt uh, plateau that he and, and Giannis, more so Giannis, I think have to hit. Like they should say, you know, they should tell Giannis, you need to shoot three three-pointers in this game. And that would probably be counterproductive for the Bucks, but it, it it would, in my mind, kind of get him in the in the frame of mind to take tough shots and and make tough shots. I mean, he's so he's open so often talking about Giannis on the three point line, and there's just so much hesitation in, in that. And it's it the the release looks good. I mean, the numbers are decent considering how hesitant he's been. It, I don't know if it's more of a mental thing at this point, but I would I would just like there for the, I would like there to be an expectation that you need to shoot threes. This is no longer an option. It's funny that you bring this up because hesitant is the perfect word. Once, you know, when the ball is coming to you and you've already decided like, oh, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, you're doomed. You're doomed to fail, yep. right? Um, and so Kobe Bryant last night, I'm not sure if you saw this. He doesn't have that issue. Yeah, he does not have that issue. And so what Kobe has been doing, he's been talking, he's been going into the opposing locker rooms um, when he's in a way, you know, facing an away team and just chatting with the guys, giving some words of confidence and stuff like that. And he usually singles out one player and they sit down and talk for like five minutes because Kobe essentially has turned into... Uh, a mentor, a, a guest speaker, essentially. And what he told Giannis, and this is on record and everything, he said, earlier in your career, when I guarded you, I just gave you incredible amounts of cushion because you were afraid to shoot the ball and you couldn't do it and you're not a good field goal shooter. And he said, tonight I did the exact same thing. Nothing has changed in your game. He said, if you want to be a great player, you have to get in the gym during the offseason put up thousands of shots per day. And so he said, love your game, love your athleticism, but in all honesty, you have to get better at your shot if you want to be a good player in this game, a great player in this game. He said, you're already a good player. If you want to be great, you have to commit to it. And it's cool that you know maybe the Bucks organization isn't helping Giannis discover that. It but shouldn't take have, Kobe Bryant telling you that. Hey man, he might be the reason if Giannis. No, I think it's, it's great. I mean, if you're if you're a Bucks fan, that's what you want to hear. I mean, you want to hear that kind of encouragement. I mean, it's clear that Giannis respects Kobe Bryant a ton, and you know, I, I don't think there hasn't been any. As far as I'm aware, there haven't been any issues of, of Giannis not working on the shot. You know, I don't know what I don't know what happened this summer, but it, all of, all indications were that he was working on it. Uh, clearly, didn't pay off, but um, you know, but, I don't know. Maybe this is the extra motivation he needs. I think that we should have our you know like our weekly pod sponsored by DraftKings, our our weekly Bucks rant uh, rant segment oh, sponsored yeah. by DraftKings. In fact. We could have Derek. Uh, Derek, come on! I think he's he's expressed his frustrations with the with using the Bucks in daily. Um, but yeah, you could be part of all the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official DFS basketball partner of RotoWire. With daily fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every time you play. You can challenge your friends in custom leagues to prove you're the superior GM, or you can square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS. That'll let you play free on DraftKings. Again, the official partner of RotoWire.com. Again, that promo code is ROTOHOOPS. You can use that at DraftKings.com. So what do we want to get to now? I'm trying to decide... Let's go. Let's go with the random questions. It's the random questions that let's we threw, it. and this is one that I've been wanting to to ask you for a while. I think you'll have some or two questions really that I think you'll have some good answers to. One player or coach 
that you could you'd have to get lunch with uh you'd have the opportunity to get lunch with you're not forced uh they're forced to get lunch with you basically uh for an hour and you get to talk about anything you want uh they will, will in this scenario you will have slipped some truth serum uh into their drink um and they'll and they'll, it'll be a tell-all session who do you want to talk to so i have two trains of thought is do I want to sit down and kind of have a serious talk and really get to know or you know have some questions answered that I want to know? So if I'm taking that route, I'm going Dwight Howard. I'm just giving me I want to figure out like is this guy motivated to be one of the best centers of all time in this league or does he just love the lifestyle and playing basketball as a byproduct of that? You know what I mean? That's a good um, answer. So that would be my first one if I want to sit down and just be able to sleep at night for myself. If I want to go out and have a good time, I think the this option is clear. I'm hanging with my boy, Nick Young. And, you know, we're just going to, we're going to do it up. We're going to do it upright. We're never going to talk about basketball once the entire night. We're just going to have fun. He's going to show me around LA and we're going to have a good time. So in that scenario, you're not getting lunch. You're getting probably cocktails. I don't know. What do you think Nick, Nick Young drinks? Oh, if I'm hanging out with Nick Young, I'm guy. getting crunk. I mean, we're, we're right. Like, out. what do you think he drinks though specifically? Like what, is he a beer guy? <laughs> Uh, I could see him doing like only four just straight logo. shots. Yeah, it's just straight shots. Ciroc, um, whatever, yeah. whatever the thing that Jay Z is that Ciroc? Ciroc, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're familiar. I don't know if I've ever had Ciroc. Neither have I. It's expensive. I don't even know what it. I don't you even, even know, I even know what it the, looks like. You <laughs> like, and I are on the ham. What life. is Ciroc? Ciroc is a vodka. It's clear oh, vodka. Okay. We should call it vodka. It's an entire clear, clear glass too. Basically, the only logo on it Jeez, just says. We're Ciroc. outing ourselves as just like pure Wisconsin boys. Hey, I mean, there is a case of hams in our work fridge oh, right man. now, so uh, it's not like we're we're still we're post college grads, right? Um, you know, we're bringing in some nice dough, but we're not ready to transition. <laughs> <laughs> we're not ready to transition. Okay. I need to cut that out and make that a drop on the podcast. <laughs> Bringing in some nice dough. Uh, yeah. So me in and Wisconsin, wait. that means we're just like hunting a bunch of deer. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a, that's a really good answer. I think those are two awesome answers. Okay, I was I, I've seen that before. That looks like a shampoo bottle. Honestly, yeah, you've seen it at the very top of the high yeah. shelf. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm like on my knees grabbing the last Fleischmann's handle, whereas <laughs> whereas the Ciroc's up in its little nice display case. The, the bars that we end up at are, you Oof. know, there's just a lot, like a thick Oof. layer of dust on the Ciroc bottles. I don't even. I would be shocked. I, I was drinking Grain Belt beer <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Which I, I'm not even sure what that is. It's just it's just some sort of liquid that comes in a can, and, and you know it, it seems to work. Um, so What's I, your answer? I want to know. What yeah, your I have a bunch that. of answers. Jeff Van Gundy is one. Maybe Stan Van. I want both Van Gundys. I'll give them. I'll get them all the diet cokes they want. Um, <laughs> well, here's, the th- here's the thing about that is when they do interviews, they're so open. I feel right. like I don't even need a sit down interview with them. They're so open and candid. I, I already get. Well, you, it. Maybe we should just ask. <laughs> maybe that's all that's <laughs> keeping it from us. Uh, I mean, Van. Uh, what's his, Stan Van Gundy coached at Wisconsin yeah, for a year as, an, year as an assistant, so he has he has ties to the area. Maybe we could get him back here. I think he was he was head coach. I don't think he was. I thought he was a head coach too. I tweeted something about it, and then someone corrected me and said he was an assistant. Wikipedia needs to get on their game, though. Yeah. So shout out to Wikipedia. Yeah, to clear he, that up. he very well could have been the head coach. I'm I'm pretty certain. Um, I mean, we were, we were like two when he was when he was with Wisconsin. So don't out don't out us. We were like 45 when he was coaching at Wisconsin. I mean, Tracy McGrady would be another answer. Yeah, that's just a personal thing, something I've always – I need to sit down with T-Mac at some point. Rashid, I think, just – that would just be a tell-all. I wouldn't – I don't think I would talk the entire time. I would just say – you know, it would kind of be like the True Detective Season 2 where, where uh, Valcoro and Vince Vaughn just sit down at the bar. 
Um, and there's, you know, there's like some sort of creepy music, some lady singing on the stage over there and dust and smoke is all around. And I, I just kind of sip on my drink and give Rashid a Your nod. Grain belt. Yeah. I just give him a nod and he, and he talks for an hour about what it was like playing in Portland. Okay. What about one player you have no, like no thanks. Even if, you know, they were going to take you out for dinner, uh, the coach or player, and they, you know, I'll take you out to a nice place. I'll give you, like, half a handle of Syrah. I don't know if I'm in any position to turn down any of that. I don't know, like, Kyle Singler? (laughs) I was like, uh, you know, maybe maybe next weekend, Kyle. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Kyle hits me up all the time, and I just said... Does he? Yeah, I've just never never pushed around my schedule enough to make it work. Yeah, I'm sure he's constantly in Madison. you You know, just get a haircut, and then we'll talk. Okay, give me one NBA-related event, team, player, anything related to the NBA that is most in need of its own 30 for 30. I've got two written down here. I like your, your answer. One, one of these is good, and I think it'll eventually get a 30 for 30, your first one here. Lynn Sanity. Right. It might th- already be like a documentary. I'm pretty sure he it is. He has his own documentary about him growing up um, in the Bay Area and about how AAU coaches and high school coaches and colleges would never take him and stuff like that. So that's out there. That's on Netflix. If you want to find it, go ahead and find it. Um, so I think that will probably be a 30 for 30 because that was, that was fun. One that I hope is a 30 for, 30 for 30 just for pure comedic purposes is the King's current front office. Uh, we already got a, a look in to the draft war room with Grantland, uh, Stauskas, Stauskas, uh, love that. I mean, that's as good as it gets. But I mean, the fact that we're just adding on to this, where Vladi Divac has no idea what the salary cap is, he does not know how to figure it out. Uh, apparently, there's nobody under him that's doing it right now, so they're actively searching for a GM who can handle this all this picture, stuff. I mean, he's on like the Larry Coon <laughs> uh, like FAQ. Like, what is a trade kicker? <laughs> Uh, he's like on the trade machine trying to figure stuff out, you know, ESPN's trade machine. The other part of that is I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, teams will call him with deals and trades and he just doesn't return their calls. Like, doesn't Yeah, that was on the Simmons spot, right? Right. Yeah, just, just, just like better to avoid the situation than have to get wrapped up in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be interesting for and, sure. I don't know. I don't know what kind of access they would give though. Like you come to, you come to the Kings and say, we want to do a documentary on your incompetence for the last decade. What do you guys say? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I wish sure. it would happen, but it, it wouldn't. Well, it, that's what that Grantland piece turned into retroactively. It turned into an incompetence oh, yeah. piece. And I don't think the Kings knew that at the time. Yeah, if they you thought want, it was a puff piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're killing it over yeah. here. For definitely sure. a puff piece. Look at how inclusive we are. Um, look at how good we are at calling Stauskas and all uniformly saying, right. welcome to the team, Stauskas. Uh, last thing I'll say just to throw on to this is uh, it was mentioned on somebody's pod. I don't know. I think it was um, probably Zach Lowe or something about how no other team in the NBA offered Rondo more than three mil per year. And the Kings ended up offering 9.5 for one. That's called doing your research. Yeah, right. Setting the market. Um, I I think Malice at the Palace is the most obvious. I don't know how that, I don't know what the, well, I don't, you'd need to, in order to make it work, you would need, I think, full participation from all the players. Right. And you would, you know, what would be the, the cherry on top would be one or two of the fans. Oh, yeah. I think that's the easy part. Getting the fans is the easy part because you can, I don't see why, like, if you're a fan in that situation, like, you don't really have a reason not to, you know. But if you're, but if you're Ron Artest or Ben Wallace or Jermaine O'Neal or Steve Jackson or, 
Yeah, I mean, Reggie was kind of the peacemaker in that. He probably would do it. I, I just think, like, if you're Steven Jackson, the last thing you want is that being dug up again and having people remember that you did that. But the problem is, like, we haven't we haven't heard from Jackson in a while. So. You don't follow him on Instagram. I hear from him frequently. Is he still posting? He like, just records videos of him videos, driving. Yes. And then just kind of nodding his head, sometimes smoking a cigar. He had some sweet music videos from his uh, Milwaukee suite yeah. overlooking. Uh, Stack you know. Jack, he can rap. But I think that would be, I mean, that would be the coolest 30 for 30. If you I could kind of make it an oral happen. history, I, it just depends who you could get. Ron would probably do it, right? He doesn't seem like, because yeah, there's always that, there's that story of af, right after it happened in the locker room, you know, our test came up to, I think it was to Jermaine O'Neal and asked him, do you think we're going to get in trouble? <laughs> and, or no, maybe it was Reggie that told that story. So one of the guys had said like, Ron just didn't get it. Like he didn't realize like what had what had just happened and how serious it was. There is an oral history on that. I don't know if you've read it. It's really, really, really good. It was from a couple years ago. I think probably two years ago. It's a very long read, but it, it pretty much everybody was involved, and there's a, a ton of hilarious in retrospect tidbits from that night. But that needs a thirty for thirty. I'd like to see a T Mac slash Vince Carter. 30 for 30 we've seen we're so far into these 30 for 30s that there's so much variety like yes. there's not one track that they all follow it doesn't have to be one event you know we've seen we've seen them follow all kinds of things i think you can kind of filmmakers are pretty good at making movies way better than i would ever be at making movies so they would find a way to make this obviously there's the toronto connection there's the cousins connection and then just kind of how their careers have been pretty paralleled in a lot of ways honestly i mean in the ways that they both peaked and both kind of plateaued around the same time have been journeymen since then uh, i think that would be really cool i think those are two of the guys that anybody our age and probably slightly older everyone loved t-mac everyone still loves vince carter uh, every time he still revs it up after a, after a dunk in, in memphis uh i agree with you the kings just in general so, so the so when you say kings you're not talking like pages well that's what Kirby? i i think well that would be fine too i think that would be its own separate documentary those i think you would probably have to focus you might have to focus it around the controversy in the playoffs, you know, those those series against the Lakers. Like lovable losers, I think, right. would be the angle I but would take. But it was fun, with those you know, teams. like they were everyone says they were the most fun team to watch from what, two thousand through two thousand four or whatever. So you focus on that era. Um I think the two thousand three draft class. Tell me more. I, I don't know. I mean that's hands. LeBron, Bosch, oh, Mello Wade. Yeah. You could just kinda just do a whole a retrospective kind of leading so like, up to the draft. They and, did one with like John Elway and Dan Marino, right? Uh, in terms of NFL, that draft class. And was, yeah, there's been Kelly, a documentary. Jim I think Kelly. it aired on NBA TV. Um, there was one about the 84 draft class. That's Jordan, Olajuwon, Barkley, all okay. those guys. So I think you have, you know, you have the LeBron factor, obviously that drives the whole thing. You have Wade, you have Melo, you have Bosch, but then you have Darko, who's number two in that draft. That kind of is a contrast to all that. You have Kamen that I think went six. It, I think that would be a very interesting one. Maybe one that wouldn't happen until you know, five, six years down the road, you know, when, when they're either at the end of their careers or retired. Um, but I think that would be really interesting. And then Jordan's Wizards years, I think you kind of follow the comeback, follow how that went. I mean, he was, I don't think he had the greatest reputation uh, as, a, as a cultivator of, of younger teammates' talents. I've heard, I've heard a story or two, I'm sure you have too, uh, about those years, just what that was like, the, the kind of fiasco of this last All-Star game, I think would be really interesting. And then, you know, walking away, which was for him the third time uh, retiring. So I think that would be, I would think those would all be pretty interesting. So I thought that this was my week to do trivia. It wasn't, and I actually came up with some Michael Jordan Wizards questions. You want to do a quick round? Just three real quick. 
Yes, but first we're gonna I'm gonna tell you about Wix.com, and then we'll do we'll just do all the trivia at once at the end. Is that cool? All the trivia. Okay. Do you need a website? I think I've asked you this four or five times. You have not given me a definite response. Do you need a website? Not only do I need one, I have one, and I'm using Wix right now. Really? No matter what business you're in, whether it's a tennis podcast or otherwise, Wix.com has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix makes it easy to get your website live today. You don't need... um, you need to get the word out. That's what it is about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. No coding is needed whatsoever. You don't need to be a programmer, nor do you need to be a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy worrying about your budget, scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and it's free. Go to Wix, W-I-X.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. I think we're actually going to be using Wix um, as we try to launch another an esports platform for RotoWire. That, that was that was being discussed this morning as as I overheard uh, Joe and the guys talking about doing a kind of a I don't know if spinoff the right word, but esports are getting big. Uh, RotoWire is covering esports, so I think we're thinking about branching out uh, to another website. So I would assume that Wix would be would be helpful in that regard. Feed me the Michael Jordan Wizards trivia. Yeah, no, I hate to step on your toes because I want to, you know. I'm wearing just... sandals today, too, okay. so it's, it's extra painful. I, extra. I finally switched back to the sandals now. Uh, for one week, I was actually very eager and ready to go with trivia, and I could save it for next week, but this no, is no, no. too apropos not to. Um, how many years, this is going to be quick hitters, then we'll get to the real trivia here. How many years did Jordan sit out before he started playing basketball again for Washington? Um, well, let's see. Two seasons? Three whole three, years. Three whole years. So oh. he retired essentially when he was 34 and then came back into the league when he was 38 years old. Uh, how <laughs> I'm ready. Many, yeah. How many games did he play in his final season during the regular season? 81? 82 games. Uh, Over under, how many points did he average uh, in his second to last season? So uh, we'll first put season it at, with the Wizards? First season with the Wizards, 20 points. Over Over. Under. Over, 22.9, over under 20 points in his last season in the league. Over. 20 points exactly, so that was not fair whatsoever. Uh, He was 39 years old when he did that, which means that at 20 points per game, if he were playing right now, he would be slotted in between Kawhi Leonard and Gordon Hayward. So that shows you the type and caliber of player Michael Jordan was when he was 39 years old. I've heard he's old. pretty good. I, I right. had never really heard many people say he wasn't good. This, is, this only serves to back that up. But I still think that when people think about him on the Wizards, he was just like in the corner shooting up threes, which yeah. he was doing some of that. But we're talking no, he was Kawhi good. Leonard, J- Gordon Hayward production. These are some of the yeah, top I mean, players in the league. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's quite fair to compare him to Kawhi, of course. But yeah, I mean, he was still remarkably productive. Uh, and also a huge part of the, of that offense at that age, which is obviously extremely, extremely rare. Well, let's, I mean, uh, maybe more more fair comparison is Andrew Wiggins or CJ McCollum, who we are kind of think of as scores. McCollum's at 20.9 and 20.7 for Wiggins. And so if you take Jordan's two years, he was right there uh, with the averages, and then he was beating him out by a couple points. So when he was 38 and 39. So crazy. Anyway, so Jordan crazy. Trivia. All right, so Giannis had a triple-double last night, like we said. Which active player not named LeBron James? LeBron has 36 
career triple doubles with at least 20 points scored he has 40 career uh triple doubles total but which player not named lebron has the most career triple doubles that included at least 20 points this is tough do i get a number let's say which active player let's make it that which active player okay yeah well that's i can give you a number if you want Uh, yeah give me a number because of at least 20 points or just so you have to have at least 20 10 10 wow the number i would love to go rondo but i he just when he gets his triple doubles he just doesn't really get up into that 20 point range um that's true that's that's a that's a good point that's a key point here I'll, i'll say russell westbrook the answer is russell westbrook boom with 19 man impressive very impressive last, i mean last year he really piled them up to know how many of those were last year rondo only has four triple doubles with at least 20 points but he probably has a lot of he triple doubles 20 plus i believe yeah uh if you if you don't count that um more career triple doubles david robinson or lamar odom i think the answer here is clear because robinson obviously one of the best rebounders rebounders in the league could obviously score as well but assists were not his forte so i'm gonna say lamar odom you were wrong. David Robinson, what? 14. Lamar Odom, 12. Did I say that the answer was clear? I meant unclear. <laughs> All right. Kobe Bryant or Scottie Pippen? Scotty. Incorrect. Wow. Kobe Bryant, 21 career triple doubles. Scottie Pippen, 17. Hmm. Interesting. Who is the last player to have 10 steals in an NBA basketball game? Jason Kidd. Incorrect. Jason Terry? No. Hmm. Active player? Neither of those players ever had 10 steals. Only 11 guys since data is available on basketball reference have had 10 steals in a game. The guy, uh, the, the most recent to do it is no longer in the league. In fact, none of these guys are still in the league. Hmm. I actually asked you that a similar question i looked at this i don't know desmond mason <laughs> good guys no brandon roy in 2009 oh. the last the last guy to do it uh the reason that i thought of that question was a friend th- that i was talking to about the bucks last night had asked me if i think Giannis is the most likely player to ever record a quad double which i don't think it's you know it's certainly not likely for any player to do it but if you had to pick one maybe i don't know Kawhi. Giannis, one of those guys. Dude, you're going to hate me for saying this. You're going to hate me for saying this. But Robert Covington gets high steal totals. Very high steal totals. The assist problem would totals, be assists. Box totals. The, the, assist, the assist would be the tough part for him. But he, he puts up some very impressive steal totals. Sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Name, Russell, Russell leads the league in steals, so I think you'd have to say him. Russ? Yeah. 10 blocks for Westbrook. I, I could actually kind of see that happening, right? Yeah. Like that's what you need, essentially. Um, okay. Name the starting five for both teams, Dallas and Miami, in game one of the 2011 NBA Finals. So if you don't mind, I'll start with the Heat. I don't mind. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Chris Wade, Bosch. LeBron James, yep. Mario Chalmers. No. No. Did huh? not start that game. Oh, well, then I'm kind of screwed. Uh, Udonis Haslam. Mm-mm. Birdman? Not on the team. I'm not going to be of much help with the other. Well, uh, one just... of the guys, one of the guys was was a part of the Heat, the whole Heat dynasty. Uh, not Udonis Haslam, but basically the the alter ego of Udonis Haslam. 
Interesting. I mean, it's maybe not alter ego, but basically it's a similar caliber player. And the other retired after this season, I believe. Maybe he hung on briefly for a little bit of the next season. Mm. Mike Bibby was the point guard. Mike Bibby was Mike the Bibby, point guard? Mike Bibby, he who shot, I think, 28% in the playoffs that year. Wow. I didn't. All right. Yeah. Don't, didn't remember That's when that. Dampier was doing things. Juwan Howard was doing things. Uh, so now we're looking at like a center. Yep. Recently uh, made headlines yesterday, in fact. Made headlines yesterday. Well, it was part of headlines, I guess. Andre Platch? No, Joel Anthony. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, trade right. Void. So you had Anthony, Bibby, uh, Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. The Heat won this game, game one, by the way. Can you name the starters for Dallas? This one, this should be a little bit easier. There's only one. Do, why do you do that to well, me? Well, there's only one that's that's really like, wow, I forgot this guy even existed. Okay. The, the other four are, are core members of this team. Uh, West? Delonte West? No? Oh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, off to a roaring start here. <laughs> I was like, David West? No. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki, Tyson yes. Chandler. Yes. Uh, J.J. Barea? No. Was great in that series, though. Devin Harris? Nope. I don't think Harris was on that team. How dare you think assume, veteran. How dare you assume this is uh, Richard Jefferson? No, no, no. Oh, I love love looking stupid, sounding stupid. Point guard was Jason Kidd. Okay. So you got Nowitzki, Kidd, and Chandler. Who's your small forward? <laughs> what are you doing? Stop making gestures. You're making Steve and Sean Marion. Yeah, Sean Marion. There we go. See, there we go. The funny thing is that you just kind of go up and out like like a double Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. That's what his shot looks it. like. Okay. It's hard to, it's hard yeah, to convey that via audio, but um, I'm glad that helped. All right, so then your shooting guard. This is the one that I didn't think you would get, and I don't I don't uh, think I would have I gotten. I didn't even get the main one, so I don't know why. LeBron Stopper LeBron. has an ATM in his kitchen, has a tattoo of a dollar bill across his neck. I don't know, man. Deshaun Stevenson. Oh. Right. I think he was he wore like number ninety two that year, if I'm not mistaken. Weird times. Uh Deshaun Stevenson started in a finals game. I don't hey, I do not feel bad for not no, really that's even a while ago already. knowing that. Yeah. Okay. Um which of the following players has never been named the NBA's most improved player? Hito Turkaloo, Tracy McGrady, Josh Howard, or Jermaine O'Neal? Tracy McGrady. Incorrect. Jermaine O'Neal. Incorrect. <laughs> Josh Howard. Josh Howard. There we go. <laughs> Stay hot. Um, okay, this is one that I, I think you'll like this format. Which team hasn't this player played for? So these guys are all journeymen. Which team have they never suited up for? We'll start with Trevor Ariza. Which of the following teams has he not played for? The Rockets, the Magic, the Wizards, the Kings, the Lakers, or the Knicks. So I'm immediately able to eliminate three. Okay. Um, and what I'm trying to decide, if it's Magic, Kings, or Knicks, and I'm going to say he's never played for the Kings. Correct. He has never played for the Sacramento Kings. Joe Johnson, which of the following teams has he never played for? Hawks, Celtics, Suns, Nets, Mavericks. Huh. This is interesting. There's one team that I need to go back and look at his player history for because I guess he's never played with the Celtics. 
He was drafted by the Celtics. He played yeah. played by the played so then, the Celtics. So as a then rookie. the Mavericks. Yep, Mavericks. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, very, Did he get traded right away? I, He's old, man. He is old. He well, he he spent a lot of years in Phoenix. That's kind of where he where he became you know an up and coming guy, and then got that big deal with Atlanta. Um, but yeah, he was traded during his rookie year from Boston to Phoenix. Okay, well that makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes me feel a little better. Sure. Yeah, it's funny because his basketball reference photo, as long as I can remember, has always been him in a Celtics number thirty-one jersey. Which that's Ricky Davis's number. All right, <laughs> like that—that's not Joe Johnson. Jerry Stackhouse. Which of the following teams has he never played for? Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee, the Clippers, or Miami? Clippers. Correct. Right. Well done. All right, next, Karan Butler, the Lakers, the Heat, the Wizards, the Cavs, the Mavs, or the Thunder? Cavs. Also correct. All right, this All right, is That's a tough one because he seems to sign. He'll just like sign anywhere for a half a year yeah. and, and fade out. But no, very well done. Tracy McGrady, you better get this one right or I'm never I'm doing getting, the pot with you again. I'm going to be in trouble. The Magic, the Hawks, the Spurs, the Knicks, or the Suns? When I think of Tracy McGrady and I think of uniforms, I think of him wearing that oversized suit that wasn't tailored on NBA TV. So it's hard for me to really even right. imagine and that's hard. It's hard to get that image out of your mind. It was burned into my mind for months afterwards. So here's exactly how I'm trying to attack this question is I'm trying to think of jerseys I've never seen you wear before. Because <laughs> that is a very good way to approach this. Um, that's true. I, I have to admit, I only have, of the following of the teams listed there, I only have a T-Mac Magic jersey. I yeah. You know that he played for the Magic. Yes. Um, I think he was the Spurs. I think might have been the very last team he played with, like within the last two years. So I t- I'll say the Suns. Correct. Yes. Spent a little time in New York. You are also correct. He be played with the Spurs on that finals team that lost to Miami. Didn't really have a big role for them, shockingly. <laughs> um, all right, as we always finish out with Alma Maters. This time I looked at the 2008-2009 leading rebounders in the league, and basically we just sorted those. Um, there are a couple guys, Dwight Howard, for example, Andres Biedrins, Al Jefferson, guys who didn't go to college, so we left those guys out. But um, since Dwight Howard led the league in rebounding that year, and he's disqualified, the second leading rebounder in the league that year was Troy Murphy, uh, of the then uh, then with the Indiana Pacers. Where did Troy Murphy go to college? First of all, I can see the whole list here. I don't cheat, but I, this is yeah. going to be the well, worst. You can, well, you, I mean, they don't. The list doesn't tell you what college they went to. I know, but this is going to might be the worst oh, I'll on, ever do. Troy, Troy Murphy, Murray State, Notre Dame. Okay, David Lee was the third leading rebounder that year for the Knicks. Where did he go to school? Florida. Yep. All right. Marcus Camby was the fifth leading rebounder for the Clippers that season. John Calipari. UMass. UMass. Yes. Well, thank you for the hint. Appreciate it. Tim Duncan. Wake Forest. Carlos Boozer. Duke. You're doing all right. Andrew Bogut. Utah. Zach Randolph. Michigan State, which is a weird one. Well Actually, done. I'm doing good. I'm going to You're doing really well. One. You're doing really well. All Emeka right. Okafor. Uh, UConn. Yes. Chris Bosch. Man, I really got to think about this. It's weird because for as big a name as he is, he didn't. he wasn't like a huge college star as far as I remember. I really want to say Georgia Tech. Correct. Yeah. There we go. Right. This is a tough one. I definitely would not have known this. Antonio McDice. Seems like an East Coast guy to me. No. 
All right. Seems like a West Coast South. guy. South. Um, Georgia. Alabama. Close. Second overall pick in really? 1995. Okay. Um, yeah, very interesting. Al Horford. Florida. Kevin Love. UCLA. Anton Jameson. Yeah, this big is time, a big time college star. Yeah, I, I at a big time school. I don't know, and it's just North Carolina. Okay, and Elton Brand, another big time college star at a big time school. Duke, right? Yeah. All right. There you go. So, what did you what did you get three wrong out of that? That was pretty good. That was, that was probably your best showing. Be yeah, best yeah. whatever. All all right. By far. Yeah. By far. <laughs> um, all right. Any any last second Michael Jordan Wizards questions? Oh yeah, yeah most definitely. Is that a no? Okay. Yeah, it's a hard no. <laughs> All right, excellent. Hard no, All right, hard we'll no. wrap this up then right about an hour. Uh, trying to cut down a little bit, uh, but, you know, sometimes trivia tri- trivia just kind of takes control of the podcast. But thanks for listening. As always, you can listen to all of our podcasts on iTunes. You can listen on Stitcher. Or you can listen on rotowire.com slash podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, wix.com. Again, that's wix.com and draftkings.com. Be sure to use that promo code rotohoops. That'll let you play free with your first deposit today. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.